everybody out there in Internet Radio Land. This is Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show. Glad you're here. And for those that have missed it, it's always going to be put in the archives. So you'll be able to listen to it there if you want afterwards. I hope you had a great week. I had a, an unusual kind of week. Although I did come down with a little bit of food poisoning on Monday, and I had eaten a, an Impossible Whopper, and it might have been some other stuff, too, that I had, like some applesauce, and it wasn't pleasant, and Tuesday was kind of rough, but I fought through it and came out on the other end, thank God, and now it's past, I feel, I feel much better. And that's like the first time in a long time I felt it that way. I, by um, last time I felt like that was when I used to drink back in my drinking days before I gave up alcohol altogether. And I would wake up sometimes with a hangover and not hungry, not able to eat anything. I wasn't able to eat anything this time until like a whole day. And I had to force something down towards the end of the day. I knew it was good for me to do that. I'd just been drinking water, but it was rough. Well, you know, on my show, I tell you the truth, everything that's going on in my life. I don't want to hold anything back, especially when it comes to spirituality. And tomorrow's Easter. I've got my book here, my Bible, I call it. Abduction to the Ninth Planet, or Kaiuba Prophecy, or Kaiuba the Golden Planet. It comes in many different forms, and it's such a beautiful book, an incredible read. You should get it if you want to develop yourself spiritually. That's the way, one of the ways to do it, in my opinion. And all of what I've learned, I've learned from other people, from their books, from talking with other people, from the internet, from going to church. And I'm just imparting my knowledge to other people. That's what I like to do. At this stage in my life, I'm approaching 70 years old, and I think there's no more noble pursuit in life than to develop oneself spiritually. So whether it's listening to my show or one of the other shows on BBS Radio, or maybe a good television channel that has to do with religion or spirituality and religion. And I've said it before many a times, listen to previous shows. Religion basically is a money-making business and therefore aren't really concerned with the entire truth. I love and respect the Bible, but I don't agree with everything that's written in there. So that's where I am in my learning process. You can do what you want. You can believe everything the Bible says or not. Some people don't believe in worship, believe in other religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, 
So Christianity, by no means, is like the, the most dominant religion in the world. And I think for everybody's sake, everybody, we all should be looking at what is true. What is the truth? If you've ever watched Ancient Aliens on television, I think it's on the History Channel, when they introduce it, I like it very much. For me, it's interesting, but I know that stuff like the back of my hand, you know, whether they're talking about UFOs and some of the civilizations that existed before and in the past on this world, on our planet, whether in Egypt, the pyramids or the Incas or the Mayans or the Aztecs or the Easter Island people from way back when. It's not a mystery to me that they had contact with extraterrestrials. Because back then, I mean, they didn't have any fear of not, I mean, extraterrestrials didn't have any fear of being attacked by us. All we had, I think, those times were bows and arrows and spears and clubs, knives. Now we have more sophisticated weaponry, which I believe can take out some of these flying saucers, you know. They say that the uh, Star Wars system that was developed by President Reagan is actually in outer space and is knocking down some of the flying saucers that come into our atmosphere with um, very high-tech laser weapons. The U.S. government, they didn't come clean on, and other governments around the world, too, they didn't come clean on everything you know, in regard to extraterrestrial technology. And also, we're not coming clean, and Russia, too, and other major powers, like them in China and England, others as well, on what kind of they have. Suffice it to say that I think we have mastered the laser beam, or, or just like in Star Trek, getting close to that, you know. Fire phasers, that kind of thing from the Enterprise, you know, Captain Kirk. Sulu, fire phasers. Or some kind of electromagnetic pulse weapon that could render any kind of electrical weaponry useless, you know. So we're in a pretty dangerous situation and have been ever since the invention of the atomic bomb around the end of World War II. And it's a very delicate subject to talk about. I don't, you don't need me to tell you how precarious that is. You know, Prince said it in his song, 1999, everybody's got a bomb. You know, we could all die tomorrow, in other words. So how to how do we continue to live together and try to have peace instead of war 
don't kill people anymore without a good reason. You know, people die from accidents, granted, you know, on the highways all around the world. People are dying from accidents. People are dying from old age, from illnesses. But when you deliberately kill somebody, like what's happening in Ukraine right now, and the Ukrainians are doing their share of killing too, then that we're no better off than we were hundreds of years ago, centuries ago. Still doing it, you know? Is there going to be a future for us? We say yes. We hope there will be. We have to be optimistic and hopeful because that's the right way to live, you know? Most of us are decent. And, by the way, forgive me if you've heard all this before. Yes, I do repeat myself, but not exactly the way I said it before. If I do repeat myself, and it's for a good reason also, to make a point, sometimes there might be people listening for the first time. And also, I believe we need things repeated, told again, so that we can absorb that information better, you know? I don't mind listening to things over and over again, especially when it's the truth. And I, I'm somebody at my age in life where I'm only focused on what's true. Like with the situation involved with Jesus, last week on my show I talked about who Jesus Christ really was. And there's so many points in the Bible I like to debate because, in my opinion, and my opinion is usually based on good logic, some of the things are not right, wrong, they're wrong. And especially when it comes to this time of the year when Easter rolls around and Everyone's talking about Jesus dying on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. Well, if you believe that we're guilty of sins, I mean, back then, the people who lived back then, are they really accountable for, I mean, or was Jesus accountable for all the people here on earth thousands of years into the future? Was he doing it? for that. I think he knew that it would last throughout the centuries. Him coming as a savior to save the world because back then the world was indeed a wicked place with evil with a lot of murder and killing, sexual immorality going on, a lot of beliefs in false gods. And so the time was right for divine intervention of that very special kind. You have a baby being born in Bethlehem. You have a star up above shining down, which is really an extraterrestrial probe. 
because we have been under the observation, under the guardianship of extraterrestrials for thousands of years. And people who are really intelligent know this. Einstein knew it. And more than that, I take that back because I don't want to be offensive. It's just like if you are an advanced soul, if your soul is of the older type, then these things. You know that the universe is teeming with life. We're not alone. I've explained this before logically, but sometimes people just don't listen to logic, especially. You ever get in a room with some people and you say something the opposite of what they believe in, they'll attack you three, four, five people all of a sudden on your case, even though you might be right. Yeah, and with that, just imagine how hard it was for Jesus when he showed up, you know, towards those last three years when he was dropped off by the spaceship. It's there in the book, Abduction to the Night Planet, a different Jesus. He did knowledge from the miracles. Because you're born into this world, and when you're born into a planet, you go through what is called the river of oblivion. All the memory of your past lives and universal knowledge is erased from your mind. Even if you'd studied for, like, with the most developed civilizations on Earth for 100 years, you still wouldn't have had the knowledge to perform all the miracles that he did. And people often forget about those miracles and concentrate more on him dying for our sins. And as if we need forgiveness. Why can't, I like to say to those people, why can't you just repent daily? Jesus died for our sins on the cross. Isn't like a free-for-all where you can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. You can go ahead and not worry. And you know what I mean by sin. But it all goes back to Adam and Eve. And if you look on the internet, to say that we're their ancestors is scientifically wrong. Science says, no, we can't be the ancestors of a man and a woman. How did he create the man? How did God in the Garden of Eden create the man? Just with a magic wand, speaking a few words, and poof, there you have a, a beautifully, wonderfully made human body with a heartbeat that beats independently of the will and lungs that purify the blood thousands of miles of veins and a brain that, that controls every movement in the central nervous system that will help you move your hand from a fire in a tenth of a second so it doesn't get burned and wonderfully and beautifully made. And then they, a woman out of a, a rib, I mean, it's a myth, it's a fantasy. And, and you know, Christians who believe that are minorities among the people on earth. They should focus more on the truth. Really, though, find out for yourself. Just don't take it for granted. Like I was saying in Ancient Aliens, question everything. Seek the truth. Question everything. Don't believe what you're being told. It's something that's handed down from generations in the past. and Just blindly accept it and follow it to the day you die because you, you won't be with people when you pass away, you'd be alone. You should be walking alone on earth, learning things out, learning things for yourself. If you have a question, find out the answer. Seek the truth. Knock 
and the door will be open to you for sure. So we don't need an intermediary. Jesus was he's like a brother, the mother and father in heaven who created your soul and spirit. And yes, we are their children. There's no only sons. There's only us, the children of God, mother and father God. We, and through that, Jesus taught us to pray on the Sermon on the Mount, our Father who art in heaven, our Father. So that kind of, I mean, there's two contradicting pieces of information there. God sent his only Son, our Father. Logically, our Father is right. And what I said about Jesus, that was tough for him to change everybody's mind about the law of Moses and what he was saying. And all he wanted to do was tell them the truth, you know. But it was hard. Yet he was an advanced who came from a, a planet of the highest category and volunteered to slip his astral body, his spirit, into a human body that was made by the elders, if you will, on the planet that he came from, very incredible beings with perfect knowledge and levitate and they levitate all over the room and uh, their eyes are like shooting beams of light. They're so enlightened and they're not so incredible. And, you know, that is the actual, in my opinion, epitome of being a human being, to be that close to assimilating one's knowledge with the supreme creator of the universe, to have gone through all the stages, through the process of reincarnation, up to the point where you are ahead of the guardianship of other planets in your galaxy, and you are spiritually and technologically one of the most advanced, and your spaceships have visited Earth before in the past, and You've been trying to help these people evolve, and you sent Jesus Christ, and before him you sent people to help Moses get out of Egypt, and you parted the Red Sea, and you pulled off, you assisted with all those miracles that helped the Pharaoh finally release the people. But you tell some people that, and they think, oh, man, I believe in that. They wave magic wand. It's like a fantasy that they just accept, but they don't really question it. They don't question the details, the minor details of how you would do something like that with the miracles like Jesus performed, for example. How did he walk on the water? Or how did he calm the sea? Or how did he feed 5,000 people on the Sermon on the Mountain? Ever question that? I mean, what was the science behind that? Well, I'll tell you what the science was in regard to both Moses and Jesus. Spaceships up above. Because you have to just accept that we have been visited by extraterrestrials in our past, and they are out there, and they're watching us, and have been watching us for thousands of years, and they have been intervening at times, and it's necessary to give our civilization a push in the right direction like with Jesus, like with Moses, getting those people, enslaved people out of Egypt, 
And they were enlightened people, if you will, because they came from a planet, and it's there in the book, called Hebra. There was a group of people that landed on our planet thousands of years ago, and their spaceship was in need of repairs. It wasn't working properly. And they tried, they tried to repair it. It blew up, and they had to stay on our planet. And there was a lot of men and women. And so they began to procreate. And they were from a planet in our Milky Way galaxy, which was, spiritually speaking, more advanced than our own, which is really something that is... Uh, against universal law, if you know what I mean. Because, let me explain it, and I've explained it before, the universe is divided up into categories of nine different planets, nine types of planets. Category one is the lowest on the evolutionary scale, which is what planet Earth, our planet Earth is. Category nine is a veritable paradise, almost like heaven in the physical universe. It's Pristine is pure, non-polluted. Animals don't eat each other. Trees are 600 feet tall. Beautiful animal life. All living peacefully in harmony and other kinds of life as well. Horses with wings. Yes, it's true. There are some. And read that book. You might, some people might think it's science fiction, some people, they only read a little bit and they've had enough because they can't handle it. It's like when Jesus told people in the temple, you need to follow me because I am the bread of life. You need to eat my body and drink my blood so you can be like me, so you can remember me. And they're saying, no way, this is too much. You know, I can't follow a person like this. What do you mean by eat body and drink his blood? But they didn't understand the what he was, the point he was trying to make, in other words. And uh, he spoke in parables, so it would be easy to understand him. But some people, they might listen to my show and go, wow, I can't listen to this guy too much because it just goes over my head and I don't necessarily agree with him, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with what I believe. But know that if you're out there and you're one of those people, all I'm trying to do is speak the truth, you know? I've learned a lot over the years, read a lot of books, as I mentioned. And my logic has always been my strong point, I believe. As I was saying earlier, you know, all the life here on Earth, logically, if it happened here by accident, I'm talking a million insects over a million, over 30,000 types of fish in the seas, the oceans, rivers, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds, over 10,000 types of reptiles, over 9,000 types of amphibians, over 5,000 types of mammals. And I know I repeat myself. I said I repeat myself. This is for the benefit of the people that are listening for the first time. If it all happened by accident, my friends, not to mention the 
thousands of different types of flowers, beautiful flowers, trees, fruits, vegetables. So it all happened by accident. Logically, it could happen by accident in the Andromeda galaxy or the large Magellanic cloud galaxy or the small Magellanic cloud galaxy or the first galaxy that was created after the Big Bang. Logically, it could have happened by accident anywhere on any planet, all this life on Earth. Isn't that logical? Anybody who would disagree with that has to be just a young soul. That's the way I put it. And I don't, I rarely, and I control my words. People that use swear words, I call them young souls. Because they don't have the intelligence to find another word to use. People should act their their age, not their shoe size, you know? That's mean that in a good way. Because we're all in this together. We're brothers and sisters in spirit. But some people, they need to be told they're wrong, you know? Some people are headed to that place down in the center of the earth. Well, there's a lot of lava, fire, and nasty smells. My God, it's like sulfur down here. It's a terrible, horrible smell. And that's where God's jail is. And don't believe in, in the eternal damnation. Take it from me. There's no such thing as eternal damnation. A mother and father in heaven, our mother and father God, and they, they are real. You will meet them. I guarantee it. Take it from me. You will meet the mother and father God one day in the future. There will be a judgment day for all of us. And you're going to see just how beautiful mother God is. If you get on board the mother God train, you're going to be so disappointed for not having known better, so remorseful for not having reasoned with logic that there would be a mother because we are the children of mother and father God. You can't have children Father and the father, you can't have children with just the father. Irrefutable logic. And so it is not only here on earth, but also in the universe. I've said this before. The alpha, the omega, the yin, the yang, the positive and negative, the male and the female. We live in a universe of male and female. Sometimes you can have both, like transgender, the supreme creative universe through is both male and female, and he's like, I say he, I mean, he, she is like a grandmother or a grandfather. So you don't need an intermediary to pray to the Supreme Creator. You don't need to go to Mother and Father God. You don't need to go through Jesus to get to Mother and Father God. You are a co-creator God in the making yourself. You're going to pass away one day in the future, hopefully, many years, and through the process of reincarnation, you'll be born again on another planet. I can almost guarantee it for everyone, including myself. Guaranteed. It's the truth. Absolutely the truth. And if you can't handle that, it's not great. Involved to a higher level. Simply put, you know. And I don't mean to just But time is of the essence, right? Time is running out for us who are dilly-dallying around, living for freedom and pleasure and 
and not focusing on more spiritual kind of aspects of our lives. What is your relationship to your mother and father God, the creators of your soul and your spirit? Do you know you have a soul and a spirit? Do you know that the soul is the brain of the spirit? It's like you have a brain in your physical body. Check out my book in the Amazon Kindle bookstore. I'm getting no royalties. I'm not trying to make anything. It's 80 pages of pure spirituality that will knock your socks off, so to speak. The great brain, golden soul. We are spirits in the material world. The police said it in their song back in the 70s. They knew. He knows. He's an enlightened man. He's an advanced soul. I know it. I can tell him. Another really cool song that was done, I think, in the 80s. The Soviet Union. Until President Reagan said, okay, you know, why are we fighting with the Russians? Yeah, we beat them to the moon, but they beat us into outer space, you know, and we're working together with the International Space Station, but why can't we just be friends with the Russians, you know? Why do we always have to, a lot of politicians, uh, you know, they, they are not forgiving and they're very unkind to the Russians. They're human beings just like us. And so we're realizing more and more now with what's happening in Ukraine, who used to be part of the former Soviet Union. They're just like us, people getting now getting killed, a lot of them. So why can't we be friends with Russia? That's what I liked about Mr. Trump. One of the things I liked about him was he wanted to be friends with Mr. Putin and Kim Jong-un. It makes sense to me being friends with people who have nuclear weapons, so you don't make them angry. And the next thing you know, you have a nuclear holocaust going on, and then you're regretful. Why didn't I do everything I could to try to be friends with them? But some people, they want, no, they're doing that. Let's impose sanctions on them. No, we'll go to war. We'll fight them. You know, why don't you go to war, Mr. Politician? Let's see you on the front line, putting your life down on the line. Mr. Politician, so really gifted for two things, collecting a lot of money and, and talking. That's one thing the politicians can do. They can talk. Yeah, well, how about a little bit of walking, too? Let's see you go to the front lines. A lot of news reporters are doing that nowadays, too, and I respect you for that. Even though, as far as some news stations are concerned, I'm a little bit worried that maybe this whole war started in the first place because they were going to wind up on either CNN or Fox or some news station. They can watch themselves. Putin could watch what was going on each day, hear them saying nasty things about him. But I like Mr. Trump. Uh, he did a lot of good things, in my opinion. Now, I wasn't okay with him saying so-and-so is crazy or an idiot. And I wish he could tone that rhetoric down. If he could have toned that rhetoric down, I think he would have been, been a good president. But I was also upset that he got treated badly. You know, that first impeachment, I didn't agree with that. And it wouldn't have happened unless the the House was won over by the Democrats after two years. If it had been a Republican majority in the House, no way you would have got impeached. Either of those two times. That makes you think. makes me think. Was it really justified? You know, they're always trying to knock each other down. The moment one administration comes into power, the other one's automatically at their backs, at their throats. I ask you, is that a proper way of government? 
from the Constitution? No, it's not. Their competition shouldn't be our competition. We demand more from people who are looking after us. What we need, really, are some very older, wiser people who are not going to get us into wars, if possible, absolutely if possible. We need more female leadership. I've said this before. We need a female president. Female presidents are not going to send their sons into battle to get killed. It makes no sense. War reminds me of that song from the 60s. War. Oh, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Only a friend to the undertaker. You know that. If you don't believe that, then you need to go to war. Go ahead. Buy a ticket. Go to the Ukraine. Have fun in the fight. Lose your life. They'll wind you up on the other side in the spirit lands, and then I guarantee you, you're going to have a judgment. You're going to be repentful, regretful, remorseful for not having known better. Guarantee it. Go with Jesus dying on the cross. And for those, again, for another aspect of what I was talking about, for those that think he died for our sins, because it's all related to Adam and Eve, and by the way, the first people on Earth were extraterrestrials from the planet Bacchiorini. I'd be willing to bet my life on that. But if he came back to life like he did on Easter Sunday, and all of a sudden he's alive again, where does that leave your, he died for our sins, belief? It means that he came back to life and he's no longer dead. So he didn't really die for our sins because it was a temporary death. As a temporary death, good for atonement for the world's sins, like some people believe, no. Logically, not. Case closed. Jordan fades back. Shoots. Swish. Game over. Like I said, if you need forgiveness, and everybody needs forgiveness, I repent all the time. I'm making mistakes. All the time, my rationale is flawed sometimes. I admit it. But I have my strong points, my good points. I do well at work. I get great evaluations. I'm a hard worker. And I know I'm wrong sometimes. But I repent daily. I have a mother and father God in heaven on the sun, the spirit world. Haven't you ever thought it's strange to have a fire in the middle of our sky? 93 million miles away that heats this planet, provides light for us, half a day of light, half a day of darkness, rotating on an axis of 600 miles an hour, revolving around the sun at thousands of miles an hour. Haven't you ever thought that's strange? Well, guess what? That energy that rotates our planet and revolves it actually also comes from the sun. And it being the center or the matrix of our solar system is a very special place for like the, the people who created the solar system many thousands of years ago, contrary to what the Bible says, 
the Bible, that seven days, that's a fantasy also. Because you know, in your mind and minds, that it takes hundreds of thousands of years for solar systems to develop. Just one solar system. So if you want to study in that fantasy land and believe some of what the Bible says, I'm not saying all of it, because I believe in the goodness of the Bible, the wisdom of the Bible, the people that lived back then, even though it was rewritten, interpreted, distorted over the years, over the centuries, it's still. And then there's the patriarchs of the Bible, King David. You're going to meet King David when you get to heaven. He's the ultimate praise master in heaven. He's got a harp with him. You'll be playing a harp. I know it might sound strange, but it's true, because praise is what everybody does in heaven. Not only to the mighty Father God, but also to the supreme creator of the universe, because when you stop you think about it, all of this didn't have to have happened. There didn't have to be any planets, everything within the planets, or any moons, or any suns, any space. Go back in time, billions of years before the Big Bang, all there was was darkness and silence. No you, no me, no animal life, no plant life, nothing. And then it all began. And the universe was forming itself one solar system at a time, one galaxy at a time. Billions of years down the road in a spiral arm, the Milky Way galaxy, here's where we are. And there's other solar systems beyond us on the outer edge of the Milky Way galaxy. And I think there are new galaxies that have sprung up since ours was formed. And the outer edge of infinite space is constantly expanding. Eternal life and infinite space, my friends. Something that's difficult to comprehend, but that's what we're a part of. All because of the Supreme Creator. And the Supreme Creator is powerful beyond imagination. It's a magical kind of power that it just can't be comprehended. But you can try. You can seek like I do. You know what I like doing? I share a little secret. It's not really a secret. I look at the images of the Hubble Space Telescope. The nebulas out there. I see these faces in them, and I wonder just what the Supreme Creator looks like. You have to consider the possibility of there being hundreds of thousands of different sentient beings out there, humanoid in appearance, others not so much, of different sizes and shapes, different types of skin, different types of hair, different types of eyes. all created in the mind of the Supreme Creator. And when you have these new solar systems develop, and you have planets with new life, it takes thousands of years for it to develop and evolve. Because planet Earth is, and there's going to be Earth Day coming up soon, is a cosmic being in and of its own right. Planet Earth is otherwise known as Mother Gaia, Alive, 
covered with vegetation. She's alive at the center, an iron core, molten iron core at her center, on fire, burning, alive, at an atmosphere, alive. Mother Earth is alive. And we're hurting her with our pollution, with the bombs that have gone off, all the killing. Mother Earth is aware of that. All the animal life are constantly in touch with the Mother Earth. You know what I mean? If um, an animal, well, some animals have souls. You'll see them in heaven. But others, when they die, like maybe an insect, it just melds back into the, the spirit of the Earth, if you will. It's just because it's one gigantic spirit. And Mother Earth, as beautiful as she is, is a Category 1 planet, meaning at the lowest end of the evolutionary scale. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Mother Earth is evolving soon, just like we are evolving. And we will live another life on another planet of a higher category of evolution in the future. It's true. And that's why we need to clean up our oceans. And I'm guilty of polluting the atmosphere, clean up the air. You know, I need to get to work. I really should buy an electric car, but right now I can't do that. I have a four-cylinder engine, so I don't pollute that much the atmosphere. I've driven probably over a million miles in my lifetime easily. And walk maybe half that much, walked and ran half that much, being almost 68 years old. I'm sure those of you who are close to my age can say the same thing. So these extraterrestrials who have been assisting us, and they're out there, watch ancient aliens. I mean, we don't really need any more proof. I think that's what they say, too. The evidence is there. The people that don't believe, they just want E.T. to land in their backyard. But E.T. doesn't want to land in their backyard because why should E.T. convince them of something they should know already by that gap between belief and knowledge? I wouldn't want to meet someone like that, you know, who didn't believe in us until they should see us and touch us themselves. You know, why didn't you believe that... Jesus was resurrected. He's standing right in front of you. He's got holes in his hands and his feet where he was crucified. You still don't believe that he died and came back to life? Well, these ETs, they've been insisting us throughout the centuries, as I mentioned, intervening at times, but they don't want to give us the silver platter, the food on a silver platter, you know. We have to be able to help ourselves. It's like you teach somebody to fish, you don't give them the fish, that kind of thing. That's universal law. So just like in the movie Avatar, right, those blue bodies they put their astral bodies or their spirits into, that's the same 
perfect example of what happened with Jesus. There on planet Thyuba, they made a human body or in a spacecraft, and that evolved soul flipped his body, body, spirit, into the human body. They dropped him off at the Sea of Galilee. And as I mentioned earlier and in previous shows, that Jesus that was born in Bethlehem left Judea at age 14, went over to China, Burma, India, wound up in Japan where he got married and had children. Check it out on the Internet. You don't believe me. But the Jesus that was dropped off in Judea to perform his mission over the next three years, because there's a gap in the Bible that doesn't explain where Jesus was, from the moment he left Judea up until when he started performing his miracles. They said he went into the desert for 40 days. Well, that's fantasy. That's not really true, in my opinion. He didn't need to. We have a man dropped off by a super high-speed spaceship capable of traveling several times the speed of light, a civilization of extraterrestrials so advanced that they were considered gods back then and have been two civilizations on Earth throughout the years because they had... They had no idea in their heads back then being of a lower evolved status, so to speak, what extraterrestrials were. What? People living on other planets? So they didn't even think about that. They just saw, saw them and, and thought, God, oh, they're gods. Let's bow before them. Let's prostrate ourselves, you know? They arrived in this spaceship. Just like 200 years ago, if they'd seen an airplane, they would have gone, what the heck is that? Oh, my God. You know? all relative. So they, they assisted Jesus throughout his whole ministry over those three years. He had some food, special food that he had. He had some special chemicals. Of course, they had scoped out everything in advance, done a recon mission of, of all the what they were going to be doing in that region, all the miracles they were going to perform, the people they were going to perform them on. They had a plan. They had to learn the language. They would utilize a lot of their beam technology to go from one place to the other. When he was about to be stoned a few times, they'd beam him away from there. You look at, in the Bible and on some Jesus movies, you know, he, he just disappeared. They were constantly in touch with him, looking at him from their screens, just like in Star Trek, up above, from up above, knew when he was in trouble, and got him out of there, put him somewhere else. Like with the Sermon on the Mount, matter transformation is a very simple task for a highly advanced extraterrestrial civilization, converting a piece of fish and a piece of bread into thousands of more just like that, cloning them, if you will. Very easy thing to do for them, for their technology. And then just beaming it down. How else do you think? Do you have another explanation as to how that was done? He didn't wave a magic wand. 
You have to think about the science behind that. Instead of just questioning, I mean, just accepting it blindly, you have to question them. That's what I did. You know, I didn't accept it. People just telling me that. I want to grow beyond that. I want to graduate from this existence with honors. You know, I want to do God's will for my life, my mother and father God's will for my life. You know, walking on the ocean, the sea, the Sea of Galilee, actually. Let's take a drink of water. Just like in Star Trek. And I referred to that because it's a great example, a great way to compare it to. They have tractor beam technology, which can lock on to somebody, lock on to their, their atoms in their body, and stabilize them if they're on an unstable surface, like water, for example. Or they can harden the surface of the water on top. And as far as they, they even control the weather, they do on some on their planet. And other extraterrestrials around the universe know too how to control the weather by simply adjusting the orbit of their planet and its revolution around their sun. They prefer a climate where it's like a constant 82, 83 degrees at daytime, about seven nights make it a little bit cooler. But there are no extreme colds or extreme heat on their planets because they can control the orbit. Now, just imagine that. How do you control it? You have to know the science behind it. You have to get into the details and utilize the powers that you have along with the powers that exist in the universe. The energies that are out there, that we only have a very small inkling about them. Like here on Earth, there's a electro, an electromagnetic grid pattern from the ground of the Earth up into the atmosphere that these extraterrestrials ride their spaceships on. And it's very simple for them. It's a, a question of either repelling or attracting that energy. They have an electromagnetic mechanism on board, usually powered by some type of higher element radiation, and maybe the more advanced civilizations don't use radioactivity because it can be very dangerous, you know. But by powering their electromagnetic mechanisms and firing also, once again, into outer space, they can use anti-gravity beams to warp time space. But here on Earth, all they have to do is attract or repel, especially when going fast to an ninety degree maneuvers or just quickly disappear out of sight. That energy that's equal to the, the G's in one direction will automatically be compensated on the other side to, to compensate, you know, to make a, like a zero gravity condition, if you know what I mean. So let's say they accelerate straight up in the sky at 10 Gs. Well, they have this mechanism built around the, the exterior of the spacecraft on the inside that captures that energy and then 
repels it to allow them, just like in a picture outline, you know, where it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where they make it, um, I can't think of the word. But do you understand what I mean? It, regardless of whether they, they go straight up or make a 90 degree move or going 10,000 miles an hour, that energy that is used, the energy that accumulates when they make that maneuver is compensated with an energy of an equal reaction to make it a controlled environment like on an aircraft. So that's the science behind that particular situation, you know. And Jesus was, when he died on the cross, and make no mistake, he died. His heart stopped beating, he stopped breathing. And he was taken on board from the grave where he he was buried, and it, they say that he came out Sunday morning, or the stone was rolled away Sunday morning. Well, he could have left there Friday also. No one would have known. No one looked inside Friday night. Is he still there? Because the stone was in front of the tomb. Or Saturday, is he still there? Plus, there were Roman guards watching over it. No one, they wouldn't have allowed anyone to get up that close. So they beamed him on board the spaceship. They patched up his wounds, leaving some holes, you know, to show that he had indeed been crucified. And whatever else needed to be done to his body, not the heart beating again, the blood flowing again, the lungs breathing again, and then the astral body or the spirit of the individual who had been in there before on his planet known as Arioch was put back inside, just like in the movie Avatar. And they beamed him outside the spaceship to a point where then he saw Mary Magdalene. And she, he gave her a message to go tell his brothers that he was alive and well, and he would talk with them later, which he did. He appeared twice to the room for them, even though the doors were closed, come on. It's beam down, beam up technology, obviously. And then... He walked around for like 40 days. Other people as well. Can you imagine the look on their faces? Oh, God. That would have been worth doing. I mean, if I, I would have died on the cross just to see their faces later on. Anyway, and then he ascended up into heaven. And there he sits in the spirit land next to the throne of mother and father God. Well, that's my time, my friends. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. And may the supreme creator of the universe bless us all, everybody. And supreme creator, we love you. You're awesome. Thank you for the miracles of all creation. Please help stop war and bring peace to our planet. Talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.